Hello and welcome to another episode of A Dash of Science. I'm your host, Chris. This week, prepare to learn all the things you didn't know you didn't know, as I discuss with conspiracy hobbyist Derek Ruff, common misconceptions. So sit back, relax, and enjoy A Dash of Science. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, my listeners. If you are new to the show, thank you for tuning in and checking it out. Uh, did not get an opportunity to record a brand new episode this week. Uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. So I reached way back into the vault to pull out an episode that I never aired before with uh, former show co-host Derek Ruff, my conspiracy hobbyist. Uh, is there really a conspiracy expert? Maybe, uh, but I have a conspiracy hobbyist. So we talk about common misconceptions in science, engineering, and tech, and, and just general things like that. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. If you've got ideas or if you know any common misconceptions that we missed uh, and you want to talk about it, make sure you can email them to me at chris at dash of science.com or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash dash of science, you know, and, and let us know some of the misconceptions that you know about. But for now, let's go ahead and get to the discussion. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. We're back here with the Dash of Science here with Derek. And uh, how you doing, Derek? Not too bad. Yourself, Chris? How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been, a, it's been a long week. I'm glad it's over. We're coming in uh, to Thanksgiving next week. So uh, that's awesome because it means less work for me. <laughs> what about you? I was going to say, you got something planned? Uh, not doing as much work literally is my plan. <laughs> uh, I will probably be doing more. Oh, no. Well, it's Thanksgiving. It's it's a busy time for my side of the business. So it is what it is. What can you do? Yeah, that's what happens this week. What are we talking about this week? Ah, we're talking about things that you think you know, but don't really know. So that's a whole list for me. That's a, <laughs> I think that's a whole list for everybody. But uh, you know, there's a lot of common things, and mostly these are. Uh, these are misconceptions that people have. I hear them all the time. I tried to go, I mean, there's a lot of them. You can, you can go look up, you know, urban legends and myths and, and, and wise tales and, and what do they call them? Uh, yeah, like old wives tales, stuff like that, that kind of stuff, uh, only related to kind of sciencey stuff. So, uh, I'm going to give you a quiz. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I just came up with this right now on the spot that, that makes it brilliant, right? <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to preference this with the majority of most people will probably be wrong on the majority of these questions. So don't feel bad if you are. But if you do get a lot of them right, then you can really feel good about yourself because you're ahead of the curve there. Okay. All right. So have, have you heard that the Great Wall of China is the only man-made object visible from space? Yes, I have heard that. And do you believe that that is true? No. Did you believe that was true before I asked it on this title, this show entitled Things That You Think Are True But Aren't? <laughs> no, actually no. <laughs> you would be correct, sir. I have an image uh, that the streamers can see, and I'll post it to the show notes of but a... My, but a, my, next, my next thing I would say is, what is? I just know that's not, but I don't know what is. Absolutely. Uh, you know what is, actually, is lights right? Really? Lights are man-made objects. Yes, that's true. You're right. 
So I've got a, a picture here of the United States from the ISS. You can clearly see all of the lights. I mean, that's kind of cheating a little bit, I think. But uh, <laughs> but but I, if you're if you're saying like you said, right? It's it's definitely man made. It it fits the technical definition, right? But the uh, the Great Wall of China. I got the picture up here. You cannot see it. You can't see it anywhere in there. I mean, you can see little lines and stuff that might be you know, valleys right. or maybe rivers. Landscaping, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. But there is no Great Wall of China there. So uh, huh. even uh, I think that was probably a moment of, of lost pride when, uh, what do they call the, the Chinese astronauts? Is it, let's see, cosmonauts, roshonauts? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, you should there's know that. so many different names. <laughs> I'm not in the Chinese uh, uh, space program. <laughs> no, no, but... That would be something you would know. It should be, and it's on the tip. Now I got to look it up. You know what? Chinese That's funny. I'm doing the same thing. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, oh, list of Chinese astronauts. That is not helpful at all. <laughs> uh, man, this is gonna bother me if I don't find this. What are no, uh, Chinese astronauts called? <laughs> That's Co- funny. That's it is cosmonauts. I said it right. Why was I thinking that was well, something else? Because you're thinking cosmonauts are Russian. Aren't they? I don't know. Uh, Isn't it co- a cosmonaut? Oh, yeah. it says for astronauts and cosmonauts. Yeah, cosmonauts. Because there's like, there's another name for Russian astronauts, like Roscosmonauts or something. Roscosmonauts. Oh, okay. right. I don't know. It's been a while since I've taken these classes, and I haven't dealt with a lot right. of uh, Chinese astronauts. You know, you, you <laughs> think that I would have, but you know, not yet, at least. So. Not that, not that, not your forte. No, not not yet. It's on my list. It's on my bucket list of things to do. Is 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 uh, speak with an astronaut from every country that's been to space. <laughs> uh, I've just added that to my bucket list now because actually sounds pretty cool. I bet you that's something nobody uh, nobody else has on their bucket list. It's true. It's true. All right. So moving on. What do you know about black holes? Uh, not a lot. So let me ask you this question: If we were to take the sun and replace it. With a black hole of equal, I guess I shouldn't say of equal mass because then it wouldn't be a black hole. But if we put a black hole in where the sun was, what do you think would happen? Wouldn't the black hole swallow the sun? Well, I mean, we're, we're just going to pretend that we can just get rid of the sun. Or sure, it swallows it up, whatever. But what do you think happens to the rest of the solar system? I think we'd all be sucked into the black hole. That is what the majority of people think. People think of black holes as they have this sort of like suction power, like they're a vacuum, right? And they're just gobbling up everything around them. The truth is, though, that black holes have a mass and gravity is defined by mass. And it acts just like anything else that would be of that amount of mass with gravity. So you would be pulled in towards it at the same rate that you're pulled in by any other, you know, gravitational force. And if you go fast enough at an angle, you can orbit it just fine so long as you don't go within the event horizon, right? Now, once you go within the event horizon, now the gravity's so strong that you're not going to be able to escape, you know, because, you know, like they say, the light can't even escape at that point. And for matter, that that distance is actually farther than the event horizon, right? Event horizon mm-hmm. is, is the point that light can't escape. Uh, but... Yeah, but essentially, it doesn't do anything special. It's not doing anything that the sun isn't doing as far as pulling things towards it. It's just, it's regular gravity. It's not anything special. It's not like a vacuum. Oh, okay. It's the thing so it's that, just there. It just You can go into it, but it's not going to suck you into it. Right. You can you can go in, well, you can't go into it, but you can go, you know, but, in yeah. and around it. You can orbit it. You can safely orbit, orbit it at a, you know, at whatever that safe distance is to, right. uh, to do that. But yeah, so 
I, I hope you learned something from that. I did. From your everyday life, you can you can take that and you can tell everybody. Yeah, like tell <laughs> black holes or where aliens come from. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, maybe because they wouldn't be able to get out of there, right? Right. <laughs> that's probably where all the aliens are. That's why. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> that's why they're not out and about everywhere in in broad daylight because mm-hmm. they're in the black holes. Uh, that is not my official stance, just to be clear. <laughs> that is not science. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. So here's another one. We're kind of in the astronomy kind of area at the moment. Uh, so we know that Earth has seasons. Do you know why Earth has seasons? No, I do not. Well, most people think that it's because the Earth is closer to the sun in the summer than it is in the winter. Have you heard that before? I've, I have heard that. Okay. So interesting thing about Earth. So they have a value in orbital mechanics called uh, eccentricity. And eccentricity is essentially how circular-like you are. Okay. So you can be more circular or you can be more uh, elliptic in your orbit. Earth is actually interesting in its orbit uh, in our solar system as it's really close to being perfectly circular, but not quite. So I've got an image here that shows uh, at its farthest, it's about uh, 94 million miles away. And at its closest, it's about 91 million miles away. That difference, you know, on that scale is very, very little. It is not enough to account uh, for making the seasons the way they are. And another thing interesting to note is that when the northern hemisphere is in the summertime, it's actually farther away from the sun than it is when the northern hemisphere is in winter. So obviously it's not anything to do with the orbit. What it does have to do is the tilt. We have a uh, 23.4 degree tilt to our Earth. And what that causes is the sun rays are directly impacting the Earth when it's tilted into it versus coming at an angle. And that difference actually has far more to do with the energy that's imparted on the Earth's surface, and i.e. the heat, than it does with the distance. So that's another I was one. Thinking, I was thinking it was something to that effect, but I don't want to say that and sound stupid. No, no, no. There's no sounding <laughs> stupid on this show. Like I said, the majority of people, uh, I, I don't know about the majority of people who listen to this show, but the majority of the people, at least in this country, would probably get the right. majority of these wrong. I mean, that's why, that's what they are. They're common misconceptions, right? They couldn't be common misconceptions if everybody knew them. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, mm. So we talked about before the show ablation, right? Yes. Uh, right. I was looking for uh, some images of that and I couldn't find any, but oh well. Uh, so there's a- another saying, uh, do you know what happens? So you have asteroids and you have meteors and you have comets and you have meteorites and you have, you know, all this stuff. Do you know what happens when meteors enter the atmosphere and hit the ground? Well, when they hit the atmosphere, or when they hit the ground or both? Uh, either or. Well, they yeah, well, when they hit the atmosphere, they start disintegrating, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Usually, they start heating up, depending on what the materials up are. And burning up. Right? So, if one landed on the ground and you picked it up, what do you what do you think would happen? Uh, I would imagine you probably burn your hand. That is the common conception, uh, uh, misconception. Yes, uh, but we yeah. talked about what this ablation is. So, when it's coming through the atmosphere and it's getting really, really hot, what's what's happening is getting so hot that the outer layer 
of the uh, meteorite is, is essentially heating up so much that it's vaporizing. It's turning into a gas instantaneously from a solid, no liquid uh, phase change. And what that does is it takes that heat away from the body. Uh, and it actually, when that, when that meteorite lands on the ground, it's actually cool to the touch. You can, I mean, barring no radiation issues or anything else wacky going on with it, you could pick it up and, and be perfectly fine. Huh. This kind of leads into another thing that I didn't put on here that I just uh, remembered. So most often when a meteorite comes into our atmosphere and it's falling, it falls at, at what's called terminal velocity. Are you familiar with terminal velocity? Relatively. So terminal velocity is based on your surface area. And uh, it's basically the fastest that a body can go, depending on how big its surface area is, with the atmosphere pushing back up against it, right? So when you get, like, small uh, meteorites falling through the atmosphere, uh, they are only going as fast as they can as if they were dropped from that height, right? So once right. they reach that terminal velocity, they don't go any further. There's been cases of people being hit in the head with small meteorites and being okay. Huh crazy right it is i mean i wouldn't recommend uh trying yeah. to find one and and getting hit with it that would be a, that would be a feat in itself yeah, you're able to do that first of all but i would recommend it i, but, I don't want to test that theory <laughs> there's there's also you know cases of, of damage being done from stuff falling so person got pretty lucky but yeah so more on 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 meteorites and meteors so most people think when those come into the atmosphere that the the heat is actually from friction, right? Uh, you know, you know, you rub your hands together and you feel that heat, and they figure that it's so dense in the atmosphere they come in. But it's interesting in that there is some heat from that, but the majority of the heat is actually coming from compression of air in front of it. It's making almost like a solid wall. So it's kind of another. Huh. It's a good little uh, interesting tidbit little that you tidbit. can tell yeah. at the uh, next party. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. What about you? Do you have any? Uh, do you have anything uh, that you know of that you've looked into that that you've heard is true or that you you thought was true and looked up and and found otherwise? Yeah, pretty much like the Great Wall of China was one. <laughs> I mean, that's, I've looked that one up a few times actually, <clears throat> and uh, the uh, the the weather. So really, you've pretty much touched on everything. <laughs> that, that's all the stuff I looked at, but I never see the weather thing though. As uh, also also. Uh, came up and I don't know if this is part of it. Maybe you can answer it. The axis, you you know, we talked about, you said the axis is part of it, but what about the rotation? As far as the seasons go? Yeah. I mean, does it play into the seasons? Well, I mean, that, it, that was brought up before. I mean, besides axis, but the rotation, you know, as the earth turns or, you know, sir, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, let's think this through. So the rotation of the earth is essentially what get, what gives us the, uh, the day and night. Right. Right. So, we, well, I guess it would play into it. Do we have uh, do we have temperature or seasonal changes on a twenty four hour scale? Mm, well, no. So I I would think that there wouldn't be. I mean, we obviously have a temperature difference from when we're facing the sun and when we're not. Uh, so I guess you could say that the temperature variation over the course of a day obviously has to do with uh, the revolution or the revolving of the Earth. But as right, far as the seasons go, it. yeah. Anyway, let's see. Moving on. What else do we got? What else do we got? Uh, you ever hear the thing about balancing eggs on the vernal uh, equinox? No. Yeah, That's I uh, have not heard. I had never heard it the entire time growing up, and I had a girlfriend when I was in the military who, I guess, she was into. 
I don't know, knowing when pagan holidays are or something. <laughs> she wasn't like Wiccan or anything. Really? It was just a thing. Uh, and so she liked to see how many different things she could balance on the tabletop uh, on the spring equinox, which I, I, I think that's in April. Don't quote me on that. I did not write that down. <laughs> and I don't I've remember. I've never the, heard uh, that. But yeah, it's, it's uh, supposed to be able to, something to do with how the stars and everything line up is supposed to allow you to have a better chance of, of balancing these things. And they don't balance on any other day, which uh, as I'm sure you can guess because of the theme of the show is BS. You can balance an egg mm-hmm. any day of the year. <laughs> what it has to do with, you know, one is balancing and two is the little bit of imperfections that are in the egg that allow it to catch, you know, mm-hmm. on the table to, to help hold it up. So you can you can go right now as you're listening to this and grab an egg out of the fridge and, and balance it right there on your table. Uh, and that is all the proof you need, right? So... Yeah, without the equinox. Without the equinox, yeah. I mean, right. I'm pretty sure the equinox isn't November 16th. I don't know exactly when it is, but I'm I'm about 99.9% sure it's not November 16th. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. No, I never heard that one before. Never heard that one. Yeah, it's uh learn something new every day. You're you're learning about its existence and that it's not true yeah. all in one day. Yeah. Uh, I'll try not to overload you with information. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sun's color. What color would you say the sun is? Uh, kind of a yellowish orangeish. Uh, that's a pretty common answer. I've I've heard yellow, magenta, reddish. Probably depending on what time of oh, day. Someone it is. got technical with magenta. That's yes, magenta, which is uh, you know, I'm not great with the names of colors. The only reason why I know what magenta is is because printer eek comes in cyan and magenta, so right. I know what those colors are. <laughs> but uh, the sun is actually white. Really? If you look at it from really high up in the atmosphere or from space or orbit, the sun is actually white. What happens is uh, just like shining light through a prism where you get that breaking up of the color. As the light shines through our atmosphere and it scatters, we get that yellowish kind of uh, red depending on how high the sun is in the atmosphere. And if it's uh, if you've got a lot of smoke or smog, it's going to be a lot more red. Or if, when it's coming down on the horizon, like on sunset or on sunrise, you're getting more atmosphere between you and the sun. That's what causes that color change. Oh, so it's, yeah, different, like, yeah, wavelengths, different wavelengths. Yeah, pretty much they're scattering, and, and it's what, what whichever light reaches your eyes. Uh kind of follow up on that's also why sometimes the moon looks bigger when it's coming up is because our atmosphere acts like a magnifying Mm -hmm. lens interesting yep uh let's see following up on that uh do you know why the sky is blue this is like this is like the quintessential question that kids ask yeah i know why 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 is the sky blue all right it's because it's reflecting the ocean (laughs) that is a very common answer that is also not correct That's the, that's the only one I've ever heard. It uh, it's actually kind of the same answer as why the sun's the color it is as it is, right? So you get the the light comes through and uh, it scatters all over, like I said, right? So the right. reddish yellow are the ones that have a wavelength that are allowing it to pass straight through from the sun to your eyes, and that's why you see that yellowish red light come directly from the sun. Blue light, however, is highly scattered. So what happens is, is it's bouncing off all of the molecules in the atmosphere, and then it's entering your eye from every direction. So you're getting blue light from every direction, which is being overpowered, 
obviously by your, the reflections of stuff that's on the ground. But uh, that's actually why the sky is blue. Uh, you know, you get overcast and you get kind of a little gray and stuff. But uh, so you could take all of the water off the surface of the earth, no oceans whatsoever, and our, our atmosphere, as long as it was the same content, would still look the way it does. Still going to be blue. Still going to be blue. Water or no water. Yeah, that's a common, <laughs> that's a common answer I've heard for that. It is. It is a, it's probably the most common answer I've heard from both uh, kids and adults. So I didn't think that was true, but I had no idea why. You know, it's it questions wasn't. that people don't really think about. I mean, yeah. and when it comes down to it, in doing your day-to-day life and your job, uh, how important is it that you know why the sky is blue? <laughs> well, it's not, but it's, it's nice to have that knowledge. Though. It's good information. It's, it's nice to know how the universe and I the world so. around us works. I think so. So here's here's another one. We're getting kind of away from space and, and astronomy stuff here. Uh, you know what lemmings are? Isn't it like a little game you play? No, I don't it, know. It is actually. I'm 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 happy that you remember that little game. That little game came yeah. out on the Amiga so Literally. long ago, uh, originally, and it ported to other stuff. But I, was, I loved that mm. game. But that game was made from an actual creature called a lemming. And the reason, if you remember that game, how you get a column of these little guys just walking in a straight line, and they just keep going right off a cliff if you let them. I don't know if you remember that or not, but. Uh, yeah, that actually came because people thought that lemmings would really do this, uh, and they thought this because there was a a Disney movie um, called White Wilderness in which they would show them walking for forever, just on and on and on. Well, they, they were actually walking on a giant turntable, uh, and they were being prodded to continue. And then at the end of it, they see talking about how they are just kind of, you know, you know, dumb as a lemming, mindless as a lemming, just walked right off a cliff, right? They walked right, right off a cliff. Turns out they didn't actually walk off the cliff. They were sort of kind of pushed by the people doing the movie. Hmm. Is that not horrible? That is horrible. <laughs> but from this, <laughs> we've got uh, this idea that lemmings were just so dumb that, and they're just followers and, and mindless that... Uh, that they'll just walk right off a cliff. I mean, I laugh now, but it's kind of sad. That's the kind of stuff that you could get away with back then. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I was looking at a picture of them going off a cliff. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you'd never, you'd never be able to get away with that today. No, absolutely not. So, kind of sticking. Uh, you're that? still looking at that picture. Well, I was looking it up because I was trying to figure out what it was. So, they're like a small rodent. Yeah. Is what the limit. Yep. Uh, speaking of small rodent-like creatures, uh, bats. You've heard blind as a bat, right? Right. 70% of bats see just fine. It's like the majority of them, right? Where does where does the saying blind as a bat come from if literally almost three-quarters of bats can see just fine <laughs> in the night and the day? Yeah, I never understood that, really. Yeah. I never understood that. So I've heard that saying, you know, obviously, but I just never understood... Where, why, and where, and how it relates? Because even I know they're not blind. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, maybe I should have spent some time going into the origins of these. I'm not even sure if all of them are known, but, you know, I mean, obviously uh, we talked about the lemmings, but yeah, I have no idea where yeah. uh, blind as a bat came from. Uh, it's a whole nother show. Get into all the <laughs> like the Next episode is bats. <laughs> yeah, and everything about yeah. bats. <laughs> <laughs> whole nother show. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello, I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher, hosts of MaximumFun.org's Ono, Ross, and Carrie. We wanted to tell you the good news that our podcast is now weekly. Yeah, weekly. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and report our findings to you. In a time where alternative facts reign supreme, we cut through the murky spin to give you the real deal on topics like UFOs, the anti-vaccination, movement, Scientology, and even apocalyptic churches. We're even undercover for some very exciting investigations right now. Well, not right now, right now. Yeah, that would be unwise. That's Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org. We show up so you don't have to. Ostriches. Uh, know anything about ostriches? Very little. You, you're not, not an expert in the ostrich? <laughs> no, no, as much as I'd love to be. <laughs> you know, I'm not even positive I can tell the difference between an ostrich and an emu. Yeah, I know. I don't think I could. I've heard there's a difference, they're... but... <laughs> they look the same. Yes. So there's a uh, there's a, a kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, a saying or whatever, you know, the idea of ostriches sticking their head in the sand. Right. Apparently that's not a thing either. Uh, it was they written, don't do that? It was written in a book that when I guess somebody's writing about them, they were putting one put its head in a bush and he wrote uh, that he imagines that uh, the ostrich doesn't think anybody can see the rest of his body. And from that, Uh... from that line spawned this whole idea that ostriches stick their head in the sand and think they can't be seen. And, you know, there's some sayings that, that go along with that, having your head in the sand, you know, et cetera. But, I just think it's I think it's pretty sad that these are flightless birds. <laughs> you know, there the are I mean, there, there are too many flightless birds for me to be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here here have wings and you're considered a bird but you can't fly. Anyway, that's another whole another whole show. Yeah. Apparently uh part of the definition of being a bird isn't flying. You know, if you would have asked yeah, me yeah, as a kid, I'm like what's a bird? Oh, it's animals that fly, right? And, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess mosquitoes were birds to me as a child. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some of them are biggest birds. But uh, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, have you ever heard that uh, ducks quack don't echo? No, I've never heard that one. Yeah, I never heard that one either until I think it was Mythbusters did an episode on it where they were trying to measure a a, a duck's echo, a quack echo. Uh, but apparently there are sometimes it can be hard to hear the echo just because of the frequency that it's at uh, in just regular, you know, human ears. But you can hear it in with, you know, other devices and, and depending on the situation and stuff. So that's crazy. Man, we're just blowing through these, aren't we? <laughs> uh, yeah. I've never heard that one. That one's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. But uh, let's see. More animal stuff. Um Goldfish in memory. Have you heard this one? This is one I used to, I heard this one as a kid. Any ideas? The goldfish memory? No. Yeah. So it used to Never be, heard anything about this one. Used to be uh, said that goldfish have a memory of about five minutes. I've never heard that. Yeah. This was another one that they did on Mythbusters where they used to measure how long a goldfish would remember its way through a maze in a fish tank. It was kind of interesting. Uh, it turns out that they have... Uh, memories more on the line of months than days. So I'm not oh. like, I'm not even sure where that came from. That's another one of those. Like, yeah, you know, some things you can kind of see like where they got that from, you know, like, but like, did somebody just decide one day that goldfish are dumb and don't have any memory? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's like some of the sayings, you know, at the, 
you know, like it's all water under the bridge of the whole nine yards. You know, there's right. I don't I don't get it. Why why not ten yards? Why is it only nine? Yeah, that is a good question. I have no idea. You know I mean? Now there's, I want to look that up at some point. <laughs> like, what is? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of sayings like, uh, well, you know, a whole ball of wax. Mm-hmm. You know that and the whole ball of wax. Okay, so where did that come? What, what do you mean a whole ball of wax? Yeah, and that's a whole nother. Like, Chris, that's a whole nother. <laughs> now you've got me thinking. You've got me sidetracked. I'm gonna have to go well, investigate. That, I know. Well, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about the memory. Where did it come from? It's there's so many sayings. That where did the originality? Where did it originate from? I don't right. Uh, anyway, I, I we'll get, get that. I get water in the bridge. That one I get. You know, you drop something in the water, and that water, and it's already passed by the time you look down there, like because of current. I get that one, but the yeah, the whole ball of wax, uh, whole nine, oh, the yards, whole nine yards, which Why is, is a good movie, yards? by the way. Did you see that movie? Yeah, I did. That's a great movie. Actually, it's one of my favorite movies for the longest time. But uh, we used uh, to. I used to have a friend of mine. We would do that and send each other texts with these sayings, and it would be like a whole like hours, and we'd go through. Where did this come from? Where did this come from? And you don't remember? You don't have any of that knowledge for me to share? No. I know, because we never looked it up. Oh, you just asked the question and left it Yeah, we it were just back. asking the question and we never... Yeah. Sir, uh, I'm glad that we met. Let me teach you how to be a scientist. Yes, thank you. The questions are a great start. They are, however, not a great end. No, no. More research is needed. Yes, definitely. Uh, sharks. So this was interesting, and I've only heard this recently, but apparently it's been around for a while. Uh, the idea that sharks cannot get cancer. Really? Never heard that. Never heard that one. Mm-hmm. You're you're throwing off my whole common misconception thing if you haven't heard most of these. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I live a sheltered life. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. Hopefully <laughs> at least one person that's listening is like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, sharks can't get cancer. <laughs> and now I'm going to no, educate them. I've never them. heard that. <laughs> uh, what I do find interesting is where this one came from. I did find out this. This came from a book by Avery Publishing, uh, who did a thing on sharks saying they don't get cancer. This came out in 1992. Uh, turns out that the author of this also, you know, purely coincidental, sold uh, extract, shark extract to people as cancer treatment. Huh. Now, so, I have, I've had, I think I have heard that where, because I know it's like shellfish has been used uh, mm-hmm. uh, for treatment. And like, so that now it relates. Now I understand why they were saying that. It's all, it's all snake oil, right? I mean, it's, it's, I just, it really upsets me. Like, I'm fine that people believe things about the climate one way or the other, or, you know, I, it annoys me about flat earthers, but at the end of the day, what does it really matter? But the health stuff, right? The health stuff bothers me because, I mean, you do what you want for you, but when you're telling other people and, and you're having children do stuff or take stuff that's, I mean, you're putting people at risk of health issues and I just, I can't, I can't abide that. No. So I have no, no sympathy, no care, no love for anybody trying to sell bullshit stuff, you know, to try and, and, and magically cure things that, I don't know. Anyways, that's uh, that's getting depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, like you said, you're putting people at risk. Mm-hmm. That kind of crap. All right, we got more animal stuff. Yes. So this is one that I actually just learned was not correct quite recently myself, and that is the idea of an alpha in a wolf pack. Everybody knows that, right? There's always right. an alpha, always an alpha right. in a dog pack. That's what we all learn. Apparently, that's not true. Right. 
Uh, Apparently, that originated from a study of wolves that were unrelated to each other being held in captivity. And so they created this sort of pack mentality, uh, you know, it was all very aggressive that doesn't actually exist uh, when they're studied in nature. Um, I guess they have a, a family structure similar to humans where the parents are in charge and the elders are respected and, you know... Uh, and the strong protect the weak in general. So it's well, even in the movies, they uh, portray alphas in the pack. Yeah, they even have a. I think Disney has a cartoon movie about like Alpha and Omega or something like that. It's a dog pack or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's all over everywhere. Like that's the one that really. I actually had to go and look that up separately and and actually do a little of my own research to verify that's true. Because it's just such a, a commonly held belief in society, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because that's all. I mean, it, like I said, it's been portrayed in movies, animation. That there's alpha. Yeah, but well, I guess it's uh, you know, our minds are blown today because that's that is not true. <laughs> well, uh, that's a new one on me. Well, there you go. I'm glad that uh, you're getting some uh, uh, corrections out of this and not just learning new things that were wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about earthworms? Did you ever hear that earthworms would grow into two worms if you cut them in half as a kid? Yes, I have heard that. I heard that, and I heard that only the the head side will grow a new worm. Uh, yeah. Apparently that thing's not true. I have no idea where that yeah. came from. I don't know why people are cutting worms in half, but uh, I don't know. Fishing. You know, I can imagine where that comes through, right? Like a, a, a small kid playing with a worm and, and, you know, how small kids are accidentally cuts the worm in half and then cries thinking it's killed the worm and the mom comes in and says, oh, don't worry, it'll grow two new worms to make the kid feel better. And right. That's, I'm sure that's what happened. Uh, that's where it all started. <laughs> I'm sure it has to be. But yeah, that does not work. Let's see. Let's take a break. Let's take a break from that for a little bit. Uh, I occasionally find memes on Facebook. And by occasionally, I mean like daily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And I really hate that memes and infographics have become a form of argument online, especially when it comes to like passing along information because literally anybody can go into a paint program, make a colored square box and put some mm-hmm. text on it to say some things, right? And yep. And somehow people are like, oh, it's, it's, it's on a picture on Facebook. Uh, that's a valid source for me. It must be true. Share, 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 share. Yep. <laughs> so I came across uh, one today that, uh, what was it called? It says, these are the only two presidents who have ever attempted to end the Federal Reserve banking system. What else do they have in common? And it's a picture of Lincoln and JFK. Now, obviously, both of those presidents uh, were assassinated. Uh, and so you see this kind of, you know, tying into last week, this conspiracy, right, that they have right. going on there. Uh, but you know what one thing they don't have in common? Hmm. The Federal Reserve Banking System, because that didn't start until like 1911, which is way after Lincoln's presidency. Uh in fact, there hadn't been a central <laughs> banking system since probably about 20 to 25 years before Lincoln became president. So there was no like central banking at all when he was president. That is like the easiest meme to disprove ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know uh, what you're talking about because there's tons of those on Facebook. They're all over the place. And I actually, on, on the other side of this too, uh, 
the last centralized banking system I talked about those like 20 years before Lincoln became president was ended by, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Andrew Jackson, I think. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember who it is, but there's another president who made it the goal of his second term to end the, I think it was called the National Bank, the first National Bank. Uh, so the fact that that happened at all kind of means that obviously uh, he attempted and succeeded in ending a centralized banking system. So that's two parts that this meme has wrong. And that took like like five seconds of Googling. I don't understand this. Stop sharing memes without looking it up, people. Oh, man, that's what Google's for. Jackson. What's that? Andrew Jackson. Yeah. It was Andrew Jackson? That's what I'm looking at. On this day, 1833, Andrew Jackson announced that the government would no longer deposit federal funds in the Second Bank of the United States. So that was 1833. I think uh, Lincoln that's was president in 1860, 61, 63, sometime in there. But, uh, anyway. Several, like, several decades. It's not even close to being true. Like, what's going on? Well, I have people say, well, you know, I read this, and, you know, I said, what was, what was your source? Mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, not saying it's all discredited, but people just well, like you said, it's not right there. or wrong until you look it up, and then it's either right. right or wrong, right? It just you can't say it's right just based off a of Facebook meme or a YouTube video or a whatever else, you know, a dude standing on the street with a with a sign. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's how I that's how I see these these memes on Facebook, right? It's to me, it's the equivalent of the crazy guy standing on the side of the street saying, the end is nigh. <laughs> we used to not pay attention to these people. <laughs> if it's on the internet, it must be true. I guess so, yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so that's... There's tons uh, of those. That's... Tons. They do it with news, too. Even when there's a major event, now there's different memes, like you said, are mm-hmm. starting to pop up from the uh, Vegas shooting. That's start, I've seen those pop up, too. Oh, and yeah. And you know, it's... You know, come on. The only thing now that as is sure to happen as a gun rights debate after a mass shooting is the false flag people and the government conspiracy yeah. people, right? Yeah. Like, right. I don't even know. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Yeah, so many shows. So many <laughs> I shows. Know, right? that's, that's our show. uh, speaking of which, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, I know a guy that made it into... Uh, the top 72 for astronaut selection in Canada. And I'm thinking about seeing if he wants to come on the show and, and oh, talk about his experience. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it to be an astronaut, but, you know, they only select two people <laughs> out of uh, yeah. I think hundreds of thousands of people that apply there. I, assu- I assume that it's similar to the way it works here. So to get into the top 72, that's a crazy, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Now, a Canadian astronaut is an astronaut? Yes, uh, because Canadians, for the most part, speak English. Uh, Right, right. (laughs) I mean, there's some French in there, I think, and some uh, weird speak that I don't know what it is. Uh, uh, The Newfoundland area. If you're from Newfoundland, I love you guys. You're great, but you're amazing and funny to listen to. (laughs) Well, it would be interesting to hear is what he had to go through to get to that point. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Yeah, so hopefully I can get a hold of him. and then another one I got to follow up on is, have you heard of Megabots? That sounds familiar. Megabots. So giant fighting robots. Yes. Oh, Megabot. I thought you said box. Sorry, my audio broke up on this. And me- <laughs> you know, I was, when you say that, because I was just watching that, what was I watching it on? Not on YouTube, but it was on TV. I was just yep. watching it because they were showing the tests. Mm-hmm. I think it tip it over. Yep. 
Yep. So uh, I've been talking with one of the people from that uh, company based down here in California, and uh, I think we just need to set a date, uh, and then they're good. So I can do an interview with them too. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool watching them test. It was really neat. They were just trying to tip it over, see if they could tip the whole robot by moving it forward and then stopping it real quick, checking the balance. It was interesting. I found it interesting. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Vince. And we're from the Nick and Vince Podcast, where we talk about arts, movies, comic books, history, science, really anything pop culture related. But not politics. We don't talk <laughs> politics Uh-oh. here. But we also have... Well, also we have occasional guests, like podcasters, authors, and comedians. Well, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can also like our Facebook page, Nick and Vince podcast and follows and twitter at nick and vince to get all our new episodes and new up-to-dates about our podcast and now back to chris in a dash of science so back to common miss uh miss misconceived misunderstood misremembered missed what am i looking for wrong things things you don't know that you think you do that's a politician <laughs> statement i misremembered uh, yes i don't I remember said. that i i misremembered that happening uh Eating less than an hour before swimming. I'm sure you've heard of this one. Yes, I have heard that. It is probably, that's got to be like the stereotype of, of old wives' tales, and it is absolutely not true. In fact, it takes long enough to start breaking the food down that actually waiting a little bit longer to that makes you more susceptible to cramping than eating uh, under a half an hour before you go. Uh, but not like crazy enough that you're going to drown or anything. But yeah, it's just kind of interesting. So it is. Uh, this actually led me into finding something that I learned. I read about this yesterday, and I find it just fascinating and sad at the same time. Have you ever heard of uh, instinctive drowning response? I've heard it. I've, I've heard that term. Apparently, it's a thing that happens. Uh, you can't control. Your brain just does it. In about the last 15 seconds to 60 seconds before you drowned, uh, it's a physical reaction where you push your head backwards like you're trying to get your you know mouth out of the water. Uh, right. Your legs stop kicking very hard, and your arms are trying to paddle to keep you afloat, but the, it, it moves down to like around your waist area, so it's underwater. Uh, essentially, if you're not looking directly at this person, you're, you, there's nothing going to draw your attention to them. It's, it's uh, what do they call it, inauspicious. It's, it's not, you know, we see in movies someone's drowning. They're flailing around with their hands up in the air saying help or gasping right. or whatever, uh, which is a thing that does happen. But coincidentally, why those people are gen- genuinely in distress, they're not actually in danger of drowning immediately or even relatively soon. Uh, the people that are going to drown are doing this this uh, instinctive drowning response, and they just quietly go under. Drowning doesn't look like drowning. Nope. Basically, I I, I just I don't know why that amazes me so much, but uh, yeah. So I actually because of what, it's it's about what we've been taught, what we've been mm-hmm. shown, like you said in the movies and stuff. Right. You know, so unless uh, you actually see somebody, you know, unless you experience really, you know what I mean. 
that makes sense. Right. I find it interesting because like choking, there's the international sign of choking where you grab your throat. Uh, and it's the international sign because it's something you do subconsciously in most right. cases. So it, I always thought that like the drowning was, was something similar, but I guess not. So, uh, I don't know. Keep an eye on people in the water and yeah, right. And <laughs> hopefully less people drowned. <laughs> I don't know. How do you, how, what do you say to that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Try to look at every single person directly and make sure that they're not, uh, doing this. <laughs> uh, shaving, uh, this is a big one that a lot of people, a lot of adults think uh, that shaving will make your hair grow back thicker and or darker. Have you ever heard of that one? Yes, I have. And a lot of people have actually uh, gotten in arguments with this people because they swear, they swear up and down that yes, it's true because it's happened to them. Uh, but apparently, so you got to look in deeper to figure out why so many people think this is a thing, right? Uh, and it turns out that it has to do with your hairs themselves. So when your hairs get longer and they rub together and they wear down on the outside, they become tapered on the end, which makes them feel softer when you touch them and lighter as the as the light reflects, essentially. When you cut them, you get a straight, hard, blunt edge, right? And it makes it feel coarser to your hands, even though there's no more thickness behind it. And this happens even when you shave down to the skin because the hair's still there. It's still in the follicle. It's just, you know, you've shaved it down to the skin. So that flatness, as you're growing it out, comes out, and it feels feels like it's coarse. Huh. I'll be done. Yeah, Didn't so know that. Uh, you can't uh, shave yourself into growing more hair. Uh, I, I assume that's what you've been doing. Uh, well, just yeah, been I've been trying your it on head. my head this whole time, yeah. and it's not working. Yeah, it's just, it just keeps getting more and more bald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, now I know why that doesn't work. Yeah, there Come you on. go. I, you know, I wish that was true. I, I mean, not, not necessarily of you, but uh, of somebody. I just, you know, I mean, I, as a kid growing up, when my facial hair first started coming in, I'd have, I had these bald patches, uh, you know, next to my, the corners of my mouth so that a mustache wouldn't grow into the beard. And so I just was always shaving it, always shaving it, hoping that yeah. one day that it would just grow in. It never did, you know, obviously, because apparently that doesn't work. <laughs> well, don't they, don't they didn't tell you as a kid, don't shave your face too. It would start too young. You'll start growing mm-hmm. beards when you're 10. Yep. So, yeah. And so another thing uh, that we're going to be getting emails like, that's not true. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I know it. I can yeah. already see it. <laughs> I can prove uh, it. Yeah, I can prove it. So you feel this. It feels coarse. I'm like, yeah, we covered that. (laughs) Uh, So I have some inventions. Uh, Some of them I'd heard of before. Some of them I haven't. We'll see how many that you know. Uh, Let's see. Do you know who invented peanut butter? No. Uh, I'll be horrible at this one. A lot of people think it was George Washington Carver. Uh, And the only reason why I even know that that is a thing is because... uh, one season long show that played on MTV cartoon called clone high. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's funny. A lot of intellectual jokes, uh, for MTV that a lot of people didn't get, uh, which made them cancel the show, but it's, it's pretty hilarious, but yeah, apparently that's not true. I'm not sure who did. Wasn't him. <laughs> oh, it doesn't say, uh, you know, I, I was at, in a hurry last night trying to come up with uh, more of these things to put on here. And so I, I, had intended on going back through and filling out some more details, but I didn't. So now uh, that's your assignment after the show. You can go look up who actually invented peanut butter. So congratulations. You got science homework. 
<laughs> so it might be history homework, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you know who invented the flush toilet? No. Apparently, I'm going to be bad on these, Chris. I'll tell you. Well, that's fine because if you knew the answer, they'd probably be the wrong answers anyways. Probably. <laughs> uh, so there's a story about a guy by the name of Thomas Crapper uh, who really did ah. exist. Uh He's credited with the invention of the first flush toilet, but it was not him. It was a different dude, a dude that, once again, I didn't write down. So it is, once again, a dude that you're going to have to go look up yourself. Uh, We're practicing your Googling skills today. So, yeah, not Thomas Crapper. Also, another one that I really wish I would have had time to go back through and figure out the actual person. Uh, Do you know who invented the light bulb? Well, we, wasn't it, no more we tied it was Edison? That is the common misconception that it is Thomas Edison. Uh, also not true. And this one, actually, I want to look this up. Uh, who actually invented it? Who invented the light bulb? And I'm looking it up too. Funny that we were taught through history that that's who invented the light bulb. There's uh, actually another one that I'm going to get to here in a bit that is uh, a more science-based one that is crazy. That it's it's wrong in textbooks and non-technical references and has been for a very long time. Hence the reason why sometimes history is not always correct. Well, you know what they say about history is history is written by the victors, right? Right. True. So, I mean, and that's it's it's interesting because there's an issue with uh, uh, there's issues with history revision being a problem with people like claiming, you know, things did or didn't happen in the Civil War. And like we talked about last episode that we said we'd never mention again on the show. So I won't uh, claiming that certain mm-hmm. things didn't happen. Right. Uh, but there's also the other side of it in which we find out or the truth comes to bear, whether or not historians knew or didn't know, but the, the public finds out more information on things that actually happened that we weren't taught. You know, like even as, I mean, I'm 35 and when I was in school learning history, we were taught all the stuff about Columbus being the greatest guy ever who's a hero and discovered the Americas and all that stuff, which I think most people can generally agree is not the case on, on either side of that. Uh, he was not a very good person. Not that anybody necessarily in that line of work was a good person, but he wasn't the hero that uh, history was taught in the U.S. that made him out to be. And he certainly didn't discover uh, America in any sense of the word. There are several people who came here before him, so and several, you know, nations. So, But yeah, that that, that was taught for so long. So how do you know? How do you know when it's somebody trying to rewrite history to ignore stuff that happened versus somebody bringing to light something that was covered up previously. I don't know. I don't know that answer. Uh, maybe we'll have to get uh, my friend Eric. He's a, he's a history teacher. Get him in here and talk about that. That might be a good uh, good topic. It would be. Um, let's see. Light bulb? Thomas Edison did not invent the light bulb. He did, however, develop the first practical light bulb in 1880, uh, employing a carbonized bamboo filament. Shortly prior to Joseph Swan, who invented an even more efficient bulb in 1881, which used a cellulose uh, filament. So it doesn't say who invented it. I think they are making the statement that he didn't invent it because he was testing light bulb designs made by other people. And if those designs existed, then it would be awfully hard for him to have invented it, right? Right. So I think that's the the mindset going on there. That's too bad. I wish I uh, wish I knew. They pretty much labeled him as the inventor, though. Right. Yep. 
I mean, because he was the person that took it and made a practical light bulb out of it and pushed, you know, all of his other stuff, electricity, made it made it feasible for people to have it in their homes, I guess, would probably be what I would credit him for. Mm. But, yeah, so there you have it. So a lot of people think Henry Ford invented the automobile. Um, not true. Uh, a lot of people say, nope, that's not true. He actually invented the assembly line. Have you heard that one? No. That one I haven't heard. Also not true. He did make the assembly line more efficient, and he did make the automobile uh, more affordable and uh, widespread uh, more people to own it. So he's definitely uh, responsible for the automotive industry as it is today, but did not invent it. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, Let's see. Carl Benz, co-founder of Mercedes-Benz is credited with the invention of the first modern automobile. So there we go. We got the answer to that one. Yep. Interesting. That I did not know. Yeah, me neither. So awesome. We're learning all sorts of things today. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yep. So here's the one, and this is probably, uh, probably, what's what's that one? Oh, two. I want to do two more. Two more on this list. There's a bunch more in here, but uh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So... The one that I was telling you about that's that's been wrong in textbooks is the the explanation essentially for how airplanes fly. Have you ever heard an explanation of how lift is generated over uh, airfoils or wings? With just with air current, I mean, as far as <clears throat> so there's a very very common idea that air going over and under an airfoil, which is what we call a wing, uh, has to arrive at the end of the airfoil at the same time. Now, since an airfoil is curved on the top, it has to travel more distance on the top than it does on the bottom. And thus, in order for them to arrive at the same time at the back, uh, the air on top has to move faster. And this moving faster causes uh, pressure differential, which causes essentially lift. That's the common the common thought, which is absolutely wrong. And the problem with this is there is nothing in science, there's nothing in physics that states that the air at the top has to reach the same point as the air at the bottom at the same time. That is not a law. It doesn't exist. So, yeah, I don't really, uh, (laughs) not sure why that came about, but it is. It's very prominent. People have arguments about this. Uh, I think it comes because the actual, like, if you really want to understand this, you've got to know math. Uh, and right. it gets in there and it gets tricky to explain these these concepts. But, I mean, it is it does come down to essentially a pressure differential uh, between the top and bottom. And, and it has to do with air speeds. It's just that's not that's not what it is. So there you go. So last one. I want to know if you've heard this one because this is actually one that I know a lot of people have heard. And I had never heard it until a couple of years ago. Uh, but apparently everybody I know that's my age or older has heard it. Uh, and that is the idea that if you place uh, a battery, like a 12-volt, like a car battery, on a concrete floor, floor, it'll discharge. I've heard that, So, but that is not true. It, it, apparently, it used to be true a very, very long time ago. Yeah. Uh, there was when you had the old lead-acid batteries that you had to replace the water in and stuff. Uh, towards the beginning of when those first came out, I guess there was issues with the material of the battery being a little porous. I mean, you know, microscopically, obviously, but that the uh, the water, the uh, the salt solution, electrolyte solution, would drain out slowly uh, and essentially discharge your battery. 
uh, that hasn't been a thing for a very, very long time. They made the uh, battery cases out of a uh, impermeable uh, polypropylene case, essentially, a long time ago. And now we have batteries that are maintenance-free where you don't even have to replace the water in them. Uh, so, yeah, okay. you can stick them on the floor, no issues. Because <clears throat> back, back in those days, because I had batteries, and uh, you know, I had old cars and I'd sit them there, and I was always told, don't sit them there because they'll discharge, but they didn't. Maybe I didn't have them sitting there long enough, but it was the old type where you added the, added the water. Right. Maybe so, it, maybe it's a certain time thing. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. I think it's just one of those things okay. that was true at some point, and then you know, people told their kids, and then they their kids right, told their that's kids. Right, my dad and... told me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, eventually, it just became not true anymore because of technology uh, upgrades. So but, hmm. yeah. So uh, I was thinking about trying to come up with some form of contest that we could do because uh, are you familiar with dream chaser by chance? Do you follow much in the aerospace or space uh, industry? No. So a couple of years ago when they were competing uh, contracts for a replacement for the shuttle, uh, there were three main companies that were competing uh, on two separate contracts, one for delivering cargo and one for delivering uh, astronauts to the space station. One of them was SpaceX uh, one of them was Boeing, and one of them was Sierra Nevada. So both SpaceX... Not Sierra Nevada Corp? Sierra Nevada Corporation, yep. Okay. okay. Uh, so both Boeing and SpaceX are developing a capsule solution, which anybody that's familiar has been watching uh, are familiar with. Uh, Sierra Nevada was creating a a spaceship, essentially, based off the old lifting bodies, much like the shuttle was, called Dream Chaser. Uh, and they've been testing them. Uh, unfortunately, they lost out on the manned uh, contract. Uh, I believe SpaceX got that one, or Boeing did. Basically, Sp SpaceX and Boeing are going forward, and Dream Chaser is not with that particular contract. But Sierra Nevada decided to continue the development of Dream Chaser. And here this last week, they uh, successfully completed a drop test where they glided back unmanned and landed successfully and and all that awesome stuff. Uh, but since they were at the center, I managed to get a bunch of cool Dream Chaser stickers. So oh, people can awesome. see those, hold those up. So I'm thinking of doing some sort of contest uh, where I can hand, or I'll send those out to the winner. What do you think about that? Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, that's a cool sticker. Nice. Yeah. So I just, uh, I got to figure out what to do. Any ideas? How about uh, let me try to think. Uh, well, I would think I would I would probably say maybe what about a show topic? To submit a show topic. Submit a show topic, and then in the one that uh, is chosen. I mean, that could be one contest sure. where you could do that. Or trying to think of something. I was just say a question, but you could always look that kind of stuff up, so that's kind of easy. You know, like if you put out like a question, how did this happen, or whatever. You could always research that. So I'm trying to think of something that's not question related like that, where you can look it up. Right. Actually, how about let's do this for one of them? Because uh, I've got several of these stickers. We can do several of these. How about this? Look up and see if you can find who actually invented the light bulb. And write us, oh, there you go. Write us at uh, chris at dashofscience.com. Send that in, and uh, I'll look it up too and, and, and double-check, make sure we got the right answer. And so we'll say the first person to email in the correct answer, uh, I'll, I'll get a hold of you, and I'll send you one of these uh, Dream Chaser stickers. There you go. 
and we'll Good have, idea. we'll have more stickers. We also do something on the Facebook page that I've kind of been slacking on, where I do puzzles and quizzes and like all sorts of little stuff uh, to earn quark points. I call them, and so I think I'll probably do something with maybe at the end of each month, uh, the person with the highest quark points will uh, will get a sticker. So check out our Facebook page for that too. Uh, so we're we're coming up to the end of the hour here. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, we, uh, you pretty much blown my mind with half the stuff we talked about already. <laughs> and, All right. And, and learned. Now yes. I know the ocean is not the cause of the blue sky. <laughs> there you go. It's good information all around. All right. Uh, well, I think that's it. I think we're good. Uh, I appreciate you sitting around and, and answering my questions, uh, <laughs> that you didn't even know were questions part of the time. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I hope those at home followed along. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, make sure you, uh, make sure you look that up, uh, the, the proper inventor of the light bulb and send that in for your dream chaser sticker. Uh, and then uh, I guess we'll we'll see you again next week. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you came to the live stream, and we'll see you later. Well, that's it for our show this week. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always check us out at facebook.com slash dash of science. You can chat with us on Discord. You can get that link in the show notes. You can also get them on Facebook. Uh, you can view my streams on Twitch when they occur, which is randomly at this particular point in time. But that's at twitch.tv slash physicist Chris. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can email me at chris at dash and uh, yeah, so make sure you stay tuned over the next uh, couple of weeks. We've got some great episodes for you. I've got an uh, embryologist to talk about CRISPR. I've got a fellow physics podcaster from Physical Attraction to discuss some awesome end-of-the-world scenarios. Uh, I've got a microbiologist ready to talk about recent discovered new DNA structures inside the human cells. And lots more coming up, so you definitely don't want to miss out. But uh, until then, remember to always live, learn, build.